Welcome to the Drive-In Podcast. My name is Lamar Brown. And I am Alex Atley. And we are a podcast that discusses movies, films, and matter of fact, we watch bad movies so you don't have to. Right yeah, exactly. Now? You're not going to waste your time out of your life because we're going to do it for you. Today we're going to tackle Judas and the Black Messiah. stolen car, five years for impersonating a federal officer, or you can go home. The Black Panthers are forming a rainbow coalition of oppressed brothers and sisters of every color. Tell me your thoughts, first off the top. Uh, freaking great movie, man. Great movie. It takes you in, uh, gets you caught up in your feelings, as the young kids will say, and, and it's just riveting, bro. Uh, Fred Fred Hampton never knew anything about Fred Hampton. Uh, knew about the Black Panther Party, but never knew anything about this gentleman from Chicago that was a major staple in their movement. So it, it takes you there, man. It takes you there. But also one of the, the main reasons that it takes you there because you see another side, which is... Um, O'Neal, Willie O'Neal, Wild Bill. <laughs> Wild Bill, yeah. And it and it's weird. It 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 gets you into the point where you actually have a view from the villain side. It's almost like a DC comic. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, so that's how the villain felt when he did the horrible thing that he did. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> so it's like that, man. Great movie though. Yeah, it really is. Like it's like I know they've been Hollywood's been picking around a biopic of uh, Fred Hampton for a while. I know back in the day they were saying that F. Gary Gray was supposed to do it, mm-hmm. and then finally they it all came together with Shaka King, and it turned out to be just a really really good movie. It basically follows like the last days of Fred Hampton. Spoiler alert! But it uh, and like you said, it takes it to me. It takes it from the villain's point of view. Like you're seeing Willie O'Neill, and you're seeing how he felt and what he went through and just how he turned on his guy and end up costing him his life. And in the end, if you follow the story all the way to the end, I think it affected Willie O'Neill so much that it cost him his life also later on. So like, it's just a really powerful movie and just expertly done. Yeah, man. Shout out to, uh, Lakeith, uh, Stansfield, man. Um, most of the time, whenever people are casting uh, for characters, they kind of get it off as far as the look. But Lakeith looked just like Willie O'Neill. Like, he looked just like this dude. And they didn't have to do much with the makeup with him. You know, no, they, they did. He looks he looks like you like your cool uncle. Like, he looks yeah. just like Willie O'Neill. Yeah. Like, no yeah. doubt. No doubt. Yeah, but man. again, again, and, and again, you think about it, it's another pairing of those two from Get Out. Remember yeah. Lakeith, uh, Lakeith and um, uh, Kalua. Daniel, yeah. Daniel, well, like they were together and get out. And it's like he's just to reimagine bring these guys back together. Right, all right. We needed, all we needed was Little well, and we had Little Rail. Little so, Rail was in there. It's like, oh, shoot, this the whole, 
Did Jordan <laughs> Peele have anything to do with this movie? Yeah, this is like, <laughs> like like Get Out 2.0. Like, okay, we're gonna take this cast of characters and do another another important film. But I think I think Hollywood was like, okay, is we're shooting it in Chicago, so let's make it authentic. Put Little Rail in there. He's from Chicago. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like let's just make it authentic and put Little Rail in there as a pimp. No like, doubt. What? But, <laughs> but I, in doing the research, what got to me, and I don't know about you, was how how young these guys were. Like Fred Hampton was literally 21 years old when he died. Right. And to 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 become the chairman of the Black Panther Party at such a young age. And then I did Willie O'Neill was 17 when he started working for the FBI. When he started being an informant for them. Like these were just kids. Right. Right. And it's it's crazy. You know, as far as our generation is concerned, you know, we always said, oh, it was a shame that Tupac died or Biggie died at such a young age. But these brothers were younger than them. Yeah. And they they didn't have the hype as far as, you know, the music business and blah, blah, blah. Uh, they were just straight up for the people. And to think about at the age of 21 to make up in your mind that I will die for the people. At 20, well, even before 21. Yeah, you know, yeah. That's crazy, bro. Like, at 21, I was just, you know, like, oh, I'm old enough to drink. Cool. Yeah. Nah, Pass this a beer. Was, <laughs> this, dude was, this dude was trying to, and I, like, make change. And you saw when he was trying to work with all the people in there, like, he went to the, uh, the, uh, the gang, the gang members and tried to work with them. And then he also went to some of the racist people and tried to work with them. Right. He just tried to get people all together for one cause to like feed the kids and educate the kids and just make the world a better place. Right. I mean, he, he stretched his hands across all type of uh, segregated areas. Cause I mean, to, to like one scene where they walk up at the funeral and I'm thinking it's the gang that they already walked up to. And then I went back and watched it again. I was like, Oh, there's a whole nother gang. It's just everybody little wearing berets at that time. <laughs> It's like, okay, your beret, your green beret, you're part of this gang, and your black beret, you're part of this gang. So I think this movie also bring back the beret fashion in America because mm-hmm. everybody wear berets. But he he when he walked up to the funeral, it was like, okay, what is he doing? And at the end, at, at the end of the scene, you see that he brought everybody together to start something great, man. It's yeah, it's that type of movie. Yeah, it is, and it's just so such so moving and what gets me about it is like the director shaka king 40 mm-hmm. year old man right this is his second feature film his first one was called newly newly weeds it was a comedy about weed wow. this is his second joint and he came out the box with this yeah like it's crazy yeah he got to do that he got range like he can he can give you a goofy movie on one hand but then he can tune right down the middle into how serious something is with this movie. Dude, dude, dude is a very, he got kudos for me for that one, bro. Well, he, he also, he described it. He wanted to be like uh, the departed inside COINTELPRO. So basically mm-hmm. like a Scorsese, Scorsese film mm-hmm. inside the world of COINTELPRO. And I think it, it worked out. I think it was done really well. It had a suspense and it told a really good story. One of the things I wanted to tap in, Lamont, is going back to Bill O'Neill, as far as or Willie O'Neill, mm. and the complexity of that character. It's it's a lot in this movie because 
I always base most of the movies that I watch on the development of the main character. Yeah, the protagonist, yeah. Yeah, and it's like, you see how complex uh, emotionally this guy is going through because he's going through so much discovery uh, throughout the whole movie. You see how at first, dude just came in as a common car thief. You know, like like pretty Tony said in the Mac, you're a car thief. You're just a simple car thief. <laughs> you know, yeah. but he came in and he was like, okay, as long as you can get me paid, I'll sell out anybody. Just give me the money and whatever. But when he actually got into it, he saw that this movement was something that was great. And it almost made him it, well, it did. It made him halt in between his uh mission because he was like, I don't know if this is right, man. I mean, these people ain't really doing nothing bad per se. They're just feeding people. They're just uh, trying to make their community better. And the guy was like, nah. <laughs> like he said, give me the blueprints. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it was but, so but, cold. But at the end of the day, he was still selfish and he looked out for himself. Because if if he doesn't give those blueprints up, then Fred Hampton's still alive. Right. You know, like he was a selfish guy. He was looking out for himself. And like some say he could probably, I would say he was apathetic. Like he just didn't care one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Like he wasn't, he didn't have a heart for the people, but he just wanted to make sure his pockets were lined. Because remember he came up to the his handler, which was played by Jesse Clemens, which everybody should remember as Landry from Friday Night Lights. Right. Like he's been doing good work out here. But he goes up to him and he's like, yeah, uh, can I get a bonus for this? Right. And in the research, the bonus he got was three hundred dollars. <laughs> wow. Like he got three, he got a car note, man. Like right. to, to sell somebody out. And that that's just that's embarrassing and sad. It's sad at the same time because I feel like both of these guys were victims. Right. Exactly, man. Oh, one of the funny things while I was watching it, it just came to mind. It was a parallel I saw with uh the Matrix, you know the scene where uh, Cipher is sitting at the table eating with the agent, uh, and he eating the steak dinner. It's like, oh, this is the best, whatever, whatever. Yeah. And then I wa- I'm watching this movie. This dude is eating the steak dinner with the FBI agent that's yeah. making him an informant uh, to the movement. Yeah. I was like, that's a crazy parallel between yeah. those two universes because it's always at a dinner table. <laughs> where the guy is spilling the beans about the operations. Yeah. It's like, okay, I'm gonna feed you, but mm. you gotta give me something else. You yeah. gotta give me these people lives. I'm like, that I was watching the movie, I like, dang, that's just like the Matrix, bro. It is, it is. <laughs> like it just it's it's just like that for real. Like, and what are some of the performances? What what who stood out for you? Um as far as the things that stood out to me was Daniel's way to command the dialect or the accent of Fred Hampton. Yeah. That was crazy. Like that speech he, he's scene. Out, he's, out, he's out of Chicago. He sounded so Chicago. He sounded <laughs> really like, and being that we're from Mississippi, mm-hmm. you know, Mississippi ain't nothing but a microcosm of, of, I mean, Chicago is nothing but a microcosm of Mississippians true, that yeah. moved to the South side. Mm-hmm. So when you hear, when you hear this dude with his dialect, you know, the black party, and yeah, he sound just, you know, he sounds just like somebody from the South that migrated to, to a city. 
And I'm like, I'm like this. And every time I see him, I'm like, this dude is British. I have to remind myself. (laughs) He's not from America. He's not one of us. He's He's not American made. No, he's killing it though. Like he's right. So man, that's what sticks out to me as far as, especially the, the, like I said, the scene where he gets out of jail and he comes back and talk to the speaks to the people. Uh, that was so powerful, bro. Yeah, the speeches are just you can't. You yeah, can, these are some of the best movie speeches that I've seen. You can murder a liberator, but you can't murder liberation. You can murder a revolutionary, but you can't murder revolution. And you can murder a freedom fighter, but you can't murder freedom. This movie can stand strong with some of the greater revolutionary movies, man. It's like it it holds it down. Like at a point, I thought, will there ever be another movie like Spike Lee's Malcolm X? Mm. And this one, it, this one comes pretty strong on it, bro. Well, this is like for what my mom was. This is like they put the medicine in the applesauce. Like right. you got, a, you got you a really good, like a really good, just fun, like good movie, and then you put a little revolution in that, and it's like you learn something from it. Because there's no way you can step out of this. And I want to go read more about Fred Hampson and more about the movement and more about what they did back in the day. Exactly. And I mean, it's it's almost, well, it's art history um, reflecting life because even now with the Black Black Lives Matter movement. Oh yeah, it, it, it speaks for the day. Like, it, speak, yes, it speaks real loud for the day, man. It's like, and you know, being that we're photographers, we, we were in it. You know, we 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 were the people that were recording this. So twenty years, thirty years from now, somebody will take some of the stuff that we recorded mm. and, and use it for a documentary of somebody in that movement. Yeah. So it's a ama- it amazes me how to see moments like that captured in film, so generations that follow will learn from those moments, man. Yeah, just like we were kids, we saw Malcolm X. You're like, okay, if, if I hadn't by then, I'm going to go read this Malcolm X autobiography and see what this guy's all about. Exactly. Like, I think just opened up and people will want to know more about Fred Hampton and the Black Panther Party and what they did. All right, so as far as the films, let's get to our categories now. For your MVP, who you got for MVP? MVP is, I have to say, Willie O'Neill. <laughs> Old Bill. I'm, I think... I think I love, like I said, I love the development of the character. Like, I love seeing the conflict. I it, it was so weird to watch somebody as a double agent go through all these emotional changes in every environment. Like, he couldn't be settled nowhere. <laughs> it yeah. was like, he was uneasy with, with his handler. He was uneasy with the Panthers. And you know he'll find comfort with his handler. Then he'll find comfort with the pan- with the uh, Panthers. It was like he just didn't know where to settle down. It was always on a constant run and spin. So with uh, Lakeith, he, he he portrayed that. He brought it out. Like you could actually see, feel, hear, touch, and taste that thing. It was crazy, man. Yeah, he was awesome. And I okay for. For mine, I was going to go Daniel Kalua, but I've changed my mind on this one. Mm-hmm. For my MVP, it's got to be Shaka King. Like, wow. my, my guy was making freaking stoner films. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like, he went from stoner films to a film that's probably going to be up for 
a ton of Academy Awards. Like right. he's going to get lots of love from this. And to this to be his second try at a major motion picture. Yeah, yeah, I think he's the MVP because he because this could have went wrong. It could have been in the wrong hands. This could have been a really bad movie, and it's turned out to be a, a really really good movie. And I think a lot of it has to do with the direction, the casting, and I think he had tons to do with that. Cool, man. Yeah. So as far as the other categories, so who was to you your your sixth man, the man coming off the bench shooting shooting the tray? All right, for me this. <laughs> Again, for me, it's got to be Algie Smith. Okay. And to me, that's the guy that uh, he played Ralph Tresman in the, in the New Edition movie, but he was also uh, the guy that ended up getting in the shootout, the, the great shootout scene. Right. He's the one that was uh, shooting back at the cops, and he's the one that died first. And I just thought that every time he was on scene, he, he brought it. You know, mm. on camera, he brought it. It's hard when you got heavyweights like Kalua and you got Stanfield out there just throwing heels. In order mm-hmm. to get in there and get your scenes in, I think he did a really good job. Mm. I would say my sixth man is not a man; it's a woman. Uh huh. Who you got? Coming off, coming off the bench with a killer crossover, pull up, shoot it in your face, <laughs> drop two, and you foul her and give her a hand <laughs> one. Is that Dominique Fish Fishback? Now her last name is weird. But going back on on the scenes that she was in, it was like she had she didn't have those many speaking roles. But who did she play? Who was she in? The, who's the now? Best? She plays. She plays the wife. Well, not the wife, but the girlfriend the, the, the girlfriend of 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 the chairman. Yeah. yeah. So the role that she plays, I mean, is so pivotal in certain areas without, you know, giving everything away. It's like, what do you do when the man that you love and the motivation behind what he's doing is something you got to tuck away and, and, and let him do him, but you got a child on the way. And it's like, she had so much weight to carry. She did like, she did. She did. Like it could have been a throwaway role. It could have just been, okay, this is the girlfriend, whatever. But that one scene, I think, when like even just every scene she was in, I kind of agree when she came and she met him and she was at the phone bank. And yeah. then when they, when they were talking about uh well, when she was talking to the other Panther and, and the other Panther lady let her know that she knew that she was pregnant. Like what are right. you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Uh just every scene she was in, you're right, she did, she stood up. She stood up, man. I mean, and once again, I'm trying not to be the spoiler because I know people, we watch this for people that's on the fence about watching the movie. But the last, the last scene where they have the, the invasion of the house. Yeah, yes, that was powerful. Man, her eyes, bro. Yeah. Her eyes did more than any dialogue could do. Yeah, she's, like, a great, she's a great actress. I can't wait to see what she does in the future, but she does great I didn't look, I'm still looking at her like, well, maybe because I'm old as Rumpel Stilskin, but I'm looking at her like she's 13, 17, because of because of when I saw her in Power Project. Mm-hmm. But this girl is 30 years old. She's been in she's been in acting so long 
That was her and Pop. That was yeah, that was yeah. Her. She was the little girl that could rap in Power Project. Oh wow. wow. I'm like, but now she's playing the role of a grown woman, but literally she's been a grown woman for a long time. She just got that baby face. Yeah. You know, so to see that man and to see how, how well she works with it, bro. She's my six six man, six person. Coming off if I gotta be polite, she's coming off the bench. <laughs> but also, and did you did you peep uh Martin Sheen in this thing as Jay Edgar? I did yeah, see that unrecognizable. Like when I see Very. when I see like like listen, he's a Hollywood legend, you know. Uh and and to see him to, to jump in something like this, you're like, well, it says a lot, you know, because yeah, because he don't have to, you know, he don't have to get off the bed for this. But he's like, I'm gonna throw in and play JJ Egger in this. Like, okay, this is gonna be pretty good. Yeah, man. And and I mean the makeup crew, shout out to them. <laughs> they they I mean. It's not only did they, you know, change his appearance or his his countenance of his face, but they actually made it kind of monster looking, yeah. almost like he was decrepit. Yeah, uh, uh, he, and and it and it came out because when that scene when he broke it down, like uh, <laughs> broke his boy down as far as what do you want want your daughter to bring home? Yeah, yeah. it was like. Uh yeah. yeah, you pure evil, bro. <laughs> what would you what do you think would have made the movie better? What do you think could have been done to just make it better for you? Better for me. Uh because my here's mine. I'm gonna jump in with my, my, okay. my thing that I think I wish I wish it would have been more from Fred Hampton's side. I wish mm. you, I wish you would have been like I do, I thought love Lakeith. I like how they did the story, but it felt like it was more of his story. I wanted to hear Fred Hampton's story. I wanted to hear his how he started, his family, like what he came from. Like it's stuff I spent a lot of time with Willie O'Neill, and I wanted more time spent with Fred Hampton. Yeah, that is true. And I guess the perception of the movie is that you would spend more time with Fred Hampton because he was such um, a magnifying personality, you know? But it's like, okay. But then you got to realize the title of the movie is Judas. And the Black Black Messiah. So it's like, okay, I get it. I accept the fact that, okay, it's going to be more so about the guy who betrayed uh, the major character. So you got to... I didn't like Go the ahead. title. Like uh, the title was too on the nose for me. Like I, to me, that's like I don't know. Like Judas and the Black Messiah is like calling uh, I don't know Toy Story uh, the uh, I don't know the toy and the toy. Like I don't know. I felt like <laughs> like it was too okay. This is what we're watching. Like be a little right. bit more creative with the title work. I think. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. I could see it being, but I mean, what. You really be like, okay, Black Panthers, what, uh, fight for freedom? That's been used so many times, you know. It's like, okay, well, all right, yeah, I can like, deal with but it. you know, it, it works, I guess. Uh, so again, what do you think? What do you think could have been better for you? Uh, better for me, like, like I said, I'm right, I'm riding with her, like, I'm riding with the girl. I, I would have loved to see more, uh, interactions with the female characters because. The female characters, they were powerful in their position. Like even the girl that was a uh, that pulled the gun out on a uh, Wild Bill. Yeah, it's like that's a character that I'm like, oh, 
what what's about her that makes her her. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I mean, I I I, I would have liked to see more from from the female aspect of of it in this movie. Or they could do another movie and show how powerful uh, women were during that movement during that time. Because you you still got Angela Davis out there that True. needs to be talked about. Oh, that's plenty. But uh, there's so many movies out of that out of movement that could be just great. Right. All right. Now, now we got our Mount Rushmore. Mount Rushmore movement movies. Okay. <laughs> Mount Rushmore civil rights movies. Mount Rushmore uh, great movies. So tell me, what are your four that stand out to you? Okay, four, the four that stand out to me, uh, my my George Washington got to be Malcolm X. Like Spike Lee's Malcolm X, that yeah. did it for me, man. It had like one of the greatest lines in that joint to me is when the police officer comes up and says, "No one man could have that much power." Like I don't, I don't know why that. One sticks out to me, but that's it like... sticks out because Kanye sampled it. <laughs> exactly, it that was good, Kanye. That was good, Kanye. <laughs> the old Kanye. The old Kanye. We can talk about Kanye both episodes since we've been on. <laughs> so I'm hoping Kanye comes back. Yeah, he will. He will. <laughs> uh, the second one would be uh, Selma. Selma with uh, the uh, uh, Martin Martin Luther King joint. Also, uh, boycott. So you got two actors in, in those that stood out so strongly playing Martin Luther King. So I will put Selma and, and Boycott and then the final one I got to represent for home, Mississippi Burning. Cool. All right. Yeah, I, I can't go wrong with any of those. Love all those films. For my, for my Mount Rushmore, of course I got to go Malcolm X. Like mm -hmm. that's, that's probably Spike's best. My number two is another Spike Lee joint. Four little girls. I know it's a documentary. Mm. It's, a, it's a documentary, but man, it don't get better than that. Right. Like it literally, the Birmingham bombing, it just don't get better than that. My number three is Selma. And my number four, <laughs> I might get killed for this, but it's Remember the Titans. Now, okay. <laughs> now, see, when people think of civil rights, revolutionary movies, they don't think about Herman Boone. They don't think not, about. I, I know he's not up there with that. But, but he he did he did what uh, Fred Hampton did. He, he merged. Broke, he broke that wall down. Yeah. So like, yeah, it's not traditional, but when you look at it, it's like what he did was kind of the same. Just brought people together. Right. Cool. All right. Well, that's our. That's our episode for this week, but I want to let, let people know, what are we doing next week, man? What are we doing? Man, we going to throw it back. <laughs> Run it back. It's 88. Time to set it straight, you know what I'm saying? Hey, it's Kunta Kente. That boy is good. Once upon a time, in a faraway kingdom, lived a handsome prince. We've gone to a great deal of trouble to select for you a very fine wife. I want a woman that's going to arouse my intellect as well as my loins. We're going We're back to 1988, y'all. We're going 1988. Back For those of you who don't know what 1988 was, it was a good decade. The 80s was pretty dope when we were kids. And one of the dopest movies ever was made in 1988. Greetings, your highness. Who is that? Eddie Murphy. Just the man I met in the restroom. Arsidio Hall. Ah! In a comedy fable of royal romance coming to America. 
right before the uh, the new one comes out. The new one comes out in a couple of weeks, so we wanted to get y'all ready for that. So we're going to jump in with our categories, with our review, and it should be pretty fun, y'all. Yeah, I mean, Coming to America is that movie that when you talk about comedies, it comes up like, what was the great, what's your favorite comedy movie? And nine times out of ten, people will say, Coming to America is my number one. It's up there. It's up there. Yeah. It's not. It's not number. If it's not number one, it's it's close to it. Right. So we're gonna run it back uh, next week for that to get you guys prepared for the following week when the new movie comes out. But hey, we appreciate you guys tuning into the drive-in, right, Alex? Yes, sir. And keep coming back. We're gonna keep on giving you these reviews. All right. Talk to you guys later. Peace. Peace.